0: It is a pattern, not just every now and then he's having a bad day or or it's a weakness. It's a never ending pattern of narcissistic, disrespectful and harmful behavior exhibited by one person in an intimate relationship. The bottom line is it's one person slowly destroying another person.
1: Hi, I'm Chrissy Cochran, the executive director of communications for CityServe and the guest co-host for today's episode of the Influencers Podcast. I'm joined today with the lovely Mindy Wegner, who is the executive assistant to the founder of CityServe. Welcome, Mindy. Hey, Christy, good to hear you again. It's always great to to join you on here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I hope Dave and Scott don't mind too much that we we take over once again, right? I know, when, when they need us and when we can. So I feel really blessed that we get some of these,
2: these topics and especially today's. So I think this is gonna be a rich, conversation.
1: Yeah. Today's topic, man, is, is pretty sensitive and heavy, mm-hmm. but I'm really grateful that we can discuss it and bring it, um, I don't know, to the surface so those who need to hear can hear about it. And what we're going to talk about today is actually abusive relationships. Right, Mindy? Yeah.
2: Right. And, I, you know, you think about it, you never go into a relationship thinking, oh, I'll bet there'll be abuse. Oh, it's gonna be my worst nightmare. We always go in hopeful and you know, believing the best. Right. And it doesn't always play out that way. But I think today we'll get we'll get a sense of some hope too. Sometimes hope comes with answers and awareness and and tools. So I think all that's gonna be good.
1: Yeah, it's going to be real good. We have a, a great expert with us today, and I don't know about you, but I have a lot of questions for him, a lot of questions, mm-hmm. and we talk about just the area of abuse. I mean, we immediately think, right, the physical abuse, and there's emotional abuse. I mean, there's all different types, so I think we're going to, I'd like to dive into that with him as well, um, but man, just the dynamic, Mindy, of uh, an abusive marriage where you think about, well, are there kids? How are they affected, right? Um, the psychological effects on the kids and the spouse. Um, what about, you know, can people change? I, I think about that too, you know? It's not always like divorce, it doesn't, is not always on the horizon, right? Right, right, right. And, you know, that whole thing if you want something to change, you've got to do
2: something different to get there. And that can feel so hard. Right so insurmountable to do something different. So it, it is big. And I, I think Dr. Clark's yeah. gonna have something to share with us on all that.
1: Yeah, he will, he will. And you know what, when you're talking about like, you just mentioned like there's hope, right? There, There is hope and steps to healing and making it right, making sure you're safe. And even if in the long run, you see that people change for the better and there's hope to save your marriage, Then what about the dynamic of the family that supported you through it? You know, they may not have the healing heart that you have through the process and the journey that you've gone through. I mean, there's just so much to dive into. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm excited today to talk to um, who we have here, Mr. David Clark. So let me introduce you. To him, okay? David Clark, he is a PhD, a Christian psychologist, speaker, and the author of 15 books, including I Don't Want a Divorce, My Spouse Wants Out, and I Don't Love You Anymore. He is a graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary and Western Conservative Baptist Seminary. He has been in private practice for more than 30 years, focusing on marriages in crisis. So he's the expert with this. So we are so excited to welcome to the podcast Dave. Hi, how are you today?
0: I am good. Thanks so much for having me on.
1: Hi, Dave. Well, we're glad you're here with us. Hi. So first question, Dave, you are a psychologist who has worked for is 30 years with a focus on um, crisis, helping couples who are in crisis and working with women in abusive relationships. Tell me, how, how did you get there? What really led you um, to want to focus in this specific area?
0: My dad, Bill Clark, who we worked together for five years after I got all my education, which he paid for, and then nobody else would give me a job. So I came home to Tampa, and I joined him in his practice. He passed away just a few months ago, sadly, but he's in heaven. He's with my mom. Everything's good with Jesus. But uh, this is what he did. I'm doing just what Dad did. He wrote books, he gave marriage seminars, and he worked with couples in crisis. So when I joined his practice, after all my, uh, my work and education, uh, that's what we did. He said, you know, Dave, you don't have to do this, but it just suited me. My my personality is very direct, very blunt. I always have a plan and you have to have a plan when you work with marital crisis. So it just kind of fit. And as I started to do the work, I enjoyed it. Uh, I knew that dad was making a difference and I was making a difference. God working through us, saving marriages, uh, there's no better feeling.
1: That's incredible. Well then, yeah, then you found your perfect calling, right? That fits you wonderfully. I, I do.
0: This is me. This is what I do. Yep. if that's you're not in crisis that's why I don't pre- I don't do premarital counseling it just bores me to death I mean you're getting married you're really happy I have no use for you I, I god love you but i'll I don't want I gotta have a crisis that's what I do yeah.
1: well there is I think a very special place for people like you like God's made people like you for a purpose because this is a really sensitive topic so please tell us um how would you define what is considered abuse how would you define that
0: here's how I define it it is a pattern, not just every now and then he's having a bad day or or, it's a weakness. It's a never ending pattern of narcissistic, disrespectful Mm -hmm. and harmful behavior exhibited by one person in an intimate relationship. The bottom line is it's one person slowly destroying another person. That's what's happening. It is incredibly damaging. Yeah. And it's, these ladies that stay, and it, and it could be the man, this just goes both ways, but 80% of the my cases are women that are abused. You stay five years, you stay 10 years, you stay 20, 25, 30 years. If they stay, they're destroyed. Their children are destroyed. And of course, the abuser has no chance to change. So my job is to get them out. Separation. I don't go to divorce. God has to guide you, but you, you got to get out.
2: Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask you that question, and, and you did just speak to it, which is, do you ever see... the abuse run the other direction where it's the woman who's this pattern of destroying her spouse with that narcissistic. Also in your book, you use the word, you know, some physical abuse and maybe not so much when it's the woman, but that is interesting. You say 80% of the time it's men.
0: That's about the numbers, at least that I see in my practice, folks that i am in touch with across the country, but the numbers for women are going up. In fact, I had two cases just this last week. I do a lot of phone work now, coaching, consulting, selling the book, get them to a local therapist if they're in Kansas or Mississippi. Yeah, women Women can be just as guilty. They can be the abuser. And it's very hard for the man. It's hard for the woman. I don't want to get divorced. I'm a man. It's embarrassing. My wife is abusing me. So yeah. either way, the book applies. And so women can do it too.
2: Mm-hmm. It seems like sometimes it would be hard for the even the person who's being abused to know this is abuse. This is not acceptable. This isn't on me. I need to change. I'm not enough. Yada, yada. That this is, this is unacceptable. I sometimes I feel like people have a hard time reconciling to that.
0: Oh yeah. In fact, most of the time I have a lady coming to my office or I talk to her on the phone and they want to know, am I abused? you know I, frankly a 10 year old child it doesn't take a clinical psychologist to figure it out but they, they need to hear from me because they want to be sure and they give me the list of things and i'm very careful about defining it first six chapters in the book define it very clearly and i'll say yes you're being emotionally abused and there's a lot of resistance to that they don't want to believe that is because they and a lot of these ladies they're they, they're used to it it's become now a pattern. They're trauma bonded. This is the way my life is. They grew up in a home probably 90% of the time where there was abuse and dad mistreated mm-hmm. mom. This is just the way it is. I have to convince them, no, no, this is emotional abuse. It is serious sin. And I, I'm going to try to help you if you're open to it. Got to get you ready. You're not leaving tomorrow, but you're leaving. I won't accept any excuse or any, and I get a lot of them um, fears. There's a lot of, it's difficult to leave, but I'm going to, my job is to help you leave this man and then from a position of safety and security, you've got the kids, you've got financial support, you've got your support team, then he has a chance to make the changes, which will take him months to win you back. I've never had one lady yet tell me after I've made my presentation that says, you know what, you're right, I am being abused, how do I can I leave? No, no, they, they don't want to do that. Uh, and so I have to convince them this is the right and biblical thing to do.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like that would be an awareness that takes a little bit of time that they hear you it does. then they start seeing it from a different from your perspective from what you're sharing with them like this is the definition it takes some time for them to come it to does. That. I have to go
0: over and over what they have told me because uh, when they tell the story it's often like they're telling somebody else's story they're not in touch with the emotional trauma and difficulty and pain of what they're experiencing so I have to kind of walk them through it takes uh, it takes a couple of months and then even when they're ready the whole process of leaving can take you're not leaving tomorrow. This may take you a year, it might take you a year and a half. Uh, but you're you have to get ready to go. So the first step is getting past the resistance, which is very strong.
2: So I want to hear about those steps before I do. Chrissy, yeah, uh, you had a question and I got one too.
1: Oh, well, I do because to the outsider, the 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 proof is there. Like it could be this is this is evidence of abuse, whether it's physical or emotional, like this relationship is destroying you. But what about how do you address, Dave? Just matters of the heart. I mean, if if 80% are women, women, you know, they go into a marriage completely in love with their spouse and through the years that love grows, we know it becomes real love as you go through stuff together. And on the other side of that, though, there there is abuse, how do they just disconnect those emotional love feelings to be able to move on do you help them through that I mean that's that's there's heartache there
0: well there is this is not just cut and dried it, it's very difficult I have to kind of disentangle their heart from being attached to this abuser and what I try to convince them and I think it's biblical this is a tough love program I'm laying out all right. you, you, this is actually the best thing, not just for you and the kids. No question about that. We're going to save you. But at the same time, if there's any hope for this guy to change, it will only come when you leave him. I've never had an abuser in 35 years without this sort of a program and the woman leaving him ever make any changes. It ends up being enabling. He thinks everything's fine. He doesn't get it. When you come back to an empty home, that's when you might just get it. Many of them don't. But that's, so I have to give this to a lady. This is actually, he's not going to change. I'm telling you, he's not going to. He has no reason to. You have to really get his attention. And you can cry, and you can, you know, you can complain, and you can drag him to counseling. You've done everything like that for 15, 20 years. It's not worked. It's not going to work now. He might even go, but he's just checking the box. He's not going to change. When you lose your woman, that's when you change. If you're an abuser, that's when you change or you don't.
1: Mindy, do you want to go into the question as far as the church leaders and the biblical the biblical perspective on really their approach and advice to couples.
2: Yeah, I was hoping we'd talk about that. Dave, just how, how do you talk about how God feels about abuse in marriage and Christy's question?
0: Well, I show these ladies that God is, is angry. He is extremely upset. Marriage is sacred to him. It's the very picture of Christ's relation with the church. So to have it be damaged like this by a person who's in serious sin, anger him. We see in Malachi 2, God is angry. I'll read this passage to the ladies. He, he is angry at the abuser, not just the situation, at that abuser. And he wants you, not just he's okay with you leaving. He wants you to leave. Now, I'll say, look, uh, you don't have to leave. God, God loves you. You're going to heaven, but the cost is so incredibly high. Uh, God wants you to leave. So God is not neutral in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And and I often can get to them through the children. This lady won't do it for herself. She's long-suffering. She's nurturing. She thinks she's doing the best she can. She's getting the wrong message from her church, and so she's just hanging in there. I've made my bed. I have no reason to leave. Yeah, you do. But if I can convince her, after this many years, I'm not at this for two years, 35 years, the destruction for the children, self-esteem shredded, sense of security gone, uh, the boys are going to be abusers because that's what's being modeled. And they're going to abuse their, the women they date and they marry. Your little girls, guess who they're going to date and guess who they're going to marry? <claps> An abuser. Th- this is not what a mom wants. Um, I mean, so and women tend to think, boy, but if I, if I separate, if I leave him, then and I won't be there all the time. And so he'll have them part of the time and I can't be there to protect them. And I say, ma'am, you're not protecting them now. This is happening now. You're being destroyed now at least half of the time you have control Uh, and that will make all the difference because what the abuser also is doing in most of the cases i see is over a period of years poisoning your own children against you Mm -hmm. Uh, that and and so they end up losing i see these ladies been married 40 50 years they're still with the guy i don't think i have any options i still want them to leave and some have but grandkids children no respect for her he's won them all over to his side and he knows exactly what he's doing that's evil, is what that is. Yeah. So I want to, I want to catch them early, and get them out.
2: And that's, that's so important to Dave that I totally get that, and it does kind of shift the focus of the woman thinking I have to protect me, too, which she does. But too, I have to protect my children. I have to protect who they're going to be, and maybe that mama bear in her rises up and says, "Okay, now I will stand up for myself." Because I'm actually, I have to stand up for my kids. And- right,
0: that's that's yeah. the avenue that I've had probably the most success that's with for herself. Mm-hmm. And by the time I see them, yeah, they're just they're in such bad shape. They're depressed. Their self esteem is gone. They're physically they're broken down. Emotionally they're a wreck. So they're just like surviving. But yeah, that mom. If I can get the mama bear, they'll rise up. You would do. They'll do anything for their kids. I have to convince them this is the best thing for your kids. You're not doing them any favors. I know you think you are. But you're not by staying with this guy.
2: Yeah, that's so good. So, talk to us more about in your book, "Enough Is Enough." Uh, you talk about the four key action steps that a woman, generally, a right. woman has to do before she separates. Walk us through what that, what that looks like, and and how these are tools for her.
0: And the, yeah, these will take time. This will take months because that when I see a lady, even if she's ready to leave and she thinks, "Boy, I." I want to leave. Yeah, she's not prepared yet. I got to get her ready. That's what the book is for. So the first thing is, first step, a team of warriors. You never leave an abuser alone. You've got to have some support. Very often, the abuser wants to isolate you. That's part of his control. You don't cut you off from your own family, uh, your pastor, your friends. You're going to start on, this is a secret plan. He won't know what you're doing because if he knew, he'd make your life even more of a living hell. So you're going to be, it's a secret plan. But you find, of course, God's on your team. And he's going to he wants you out, so you cling to him. You need to find a local pastor that gets it. Many don't. If your local pastor, the one you're going to church with, doesn't understand abuse, okay, then you might stay in the church because you're not going to leave yet. But you'll find a local pastor in your area that gets it. That's the guy that will support you secretly from a distance, and that's the church you're going to go to when you leave. Uh, you need an accountability person, like a best friend, could be an older mentor woman, well, maybe a lady that's gotten out of her own abusive relationship, that's on your side and gets it. You need to tell your family and friends. Most of the ladies, they, their family and friends don't know. They've picked up some things. They don't know the horror that's going on behind closed doors. Tell them the truth, but tell them, I don't want you to confront my abuser yet. Again, that would cause a problem. That They would make your, you punish you for that terribly so but they're on they're on board they're helping you behind the scenes and once you leave they may do some confronting a tough christian therapist someone like me you don't want the manby pamby weak therapist who wants to do marriage counseling waste of time communication handling conflict don't waste your time You're, the whole thing is let's get you strong enough to leave and then you want a tough family law attorney might be a christian mm-hmm. if we can find a tough one might be not god can use all kinds of attorneys and you, someone tough your advocate the nice attorneys lose. You gotta have a bulldog who is your advocate and he's gonna because gonna, he's you're going to war. Once you're even even on the separation level, moving money and, and, and doing things the right way, custody issues, you gotta have the right guy. If it comes to divorce, this guy's gonna be fighting you tooth and nail. So that that's your team. And it takes some time to develop that. Um, and most people aren't gonna be on your team because they don't get it. Nice Christian people don't get it. And they won't believe you you have to have somebody that will believe you and okay this is happening I'm on the team so that's the first thing second I alluded to this but the second thing is you got to get emotionally ready uh mm. got to build your self-esteem got to fix mm. your codependency you got to stop enabling uh, you've got to kind of get out of depression and self-esteem issues you got to kind of reconstitute yourself tell your abuser that I you know I, I I've got personal issues and I need to get into counseling and you, you don't do any marriage counseling with them Most will be okay with that because he thinks you're the problem anyway. You're nuts. Okay, you're simply saying, yeah, it's me. What he doesn't know is that he thinks you're going to be a better wife. Uh, No, you'd never be good enough for him anyway. You're going to be working to leave him. He doesn't know that. You find the right therapist, that may take three, four, five, six months or longer. A lot of these ladies have traumas from the past. They're going to have to do that work too because all that transfers now to your current trauma. And it's one big trauma. You have to work through that. Um, so this could be a solid biblical counselor. It could be a psychologist like me. You, you find someone that can walk you through this. Then thirdly, there's the financial piece, of course, critically important. Most of these ladies, if you have a job, great. You keep the job and start putting money in a separate account. You open your own private account. You can walk into any bank in the world and get a private account that your husband doesn't know about. All right. So you start a private account. You're getting money from the church, you know, your family. If you need training for a job, you get it. If you if you need to find out about financial records, you do all that as much as you can. You can sometimes tell the abuser, look, I, you know, I need to know where the money is. I'm not looking for control, but often they don't even know. You, you're it's just America. You have a right to know where the money is. You can say, look, what, what, Bob, what if you drop dead? I, I need to know what to do. So you're you're preparing for life after him, and a job is probably going to be an important part of that. And the attorney will tell you the kind of money you can get even before a divorce. Most states, it's half been married for long enough, half of whatever assets are yours. And so you will take those before you leave. So the financial piece, very critical. These ladies say, I can't, I can't possibly make it on my own. I say, I know you can't now, four months from now, a year from now, uh, that'll be a different story. And then finally, you got to get the kids ready. Uh, Mm -hmm. depending on the age, you have to get them kind of prepared. You have to start building respect because they probably have lost respect for you over time. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're you're building Mm -hmm. in a system where you're going to start talking back in some strategic ways to the abuser. You're going to get some static, but you want the kids to know this is wrong. So behind the scenes, you're going to start saying, okay, daddy, you're not going to trash daddy, but daddy's wrong. This is not what the Bible teaches. This is mistreatment of mommy. And you're going to start getting them ready so they're not shocked out of their heads when you say we're leaving tomorrow. So that that's a whole series of steps there, getting the kids ready. This, Of course, this takes time, but so by the time you leave, you'll be prepared.
2: So you say maybe a year.
0: It can. It's Most of the ladies I see, it takes them up to a year. They're, they're not. Every now and then I'll see a lady who's just she's ready. She has a, she has a job. She has her money. She's kind of been through her own work, but that's that's very rare. It's going to be six months to a year, if not a bit longer, and that's okay. You're working towards that. Now that's the emotional abuse. If I if I have somebody in my office today or on the phone who's been who's you're dealing with a physically violent man, okay, you're leaving today. Uh, yeah. th- this is your this is too risky. It's awful. Emotional abuse is bad enough, so we're going to get you to a shelter. And we're going to speed the program up. Uh, But that's, the emotional abuse does, does my damage, it just takes longer to be prepared.
1: Dave, I like you. You are a straight shooter, just like you told us (laughs) in the beginning of the episode. And I think that... you are and it's so important in this type of situation like you can't beat around the bush or or just you know sugarcoat it it's and especially when it comes to violence it's a matter of life or death and i think that um women who are just entangled in these type of relationships and there's so much uh, right psychological damage on themselves or their children um they need a straight shooter they need someone just to tell it like it is and you call it tough love or whatever I think it's just love right and that's what your book is about is just being like straight to the point enough is enough you got to get out so you can sort it out right and untangle the mess and I I I think that's where the hope is is that there's easy steps to help
0: I'm very clear it's I'm a very specific guy it's almost it's step by step frame by frame because ladies are thinking how do I do this I I don't blame you for asking. I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it. And and that gives them confidence that they can actually pull it off.
2: Yeah. So, Dave, talk to the church leader for a moment. You know, sometimes I feel like they're clueless. They don't Mm -hmm. see the signs. They they look at it from a spiritual burden. They're they're missing the obvious. And how, how do you speak to the church leader or pastor?
0: Boy, this, and I've done a lot of this and I continue to do it. This the book is also to educate the past. These are good people. They're well-meaning pastors and Christian leaders, but they don't get it. No training in seminary, no experience probably in their lives. They don't see it. They don't get it. So I want them to understand the mistakes they're making, which ends up abusing the woman further. And that's the last thing they want. But if you don't walk into a pastor's office with a black eye and a broken arm, you're not going to get any help in many pastor's offices. So... They have to understand, don't don't tell the woman, you know, this is an abuse. They don't understand what abuse is. That's why I define it so carefully in the book. Here's what it is, what it looks like. But you'll often be told this is an abuse. They'll redefine it because they're smart enough to know if this is actually abuse, then I'm going to have to do something about it. Don't tell them that uh, they have to submit. In many old traditional sort of, uh, you know, faiths and, and denominations, the old submission thing, you do not submit to a man that is this kind of a serious sinner. A grade A dirt ball that is the last thing God wants. That That's enabling. Oh, no. But, the, but the, you'll be told that. Uh, you'll be told, and this is, this is the most popular one of all, and pastors fall into this all the time. Hey, if you just keep loving this man, this abuser, and meeting his needs and doing all the stuff you've been doing for 10 years, he, he'll eventually change. No, he won't. That works with a decent guy. You don't have a decent guy. You have a dirt ball, an abusive narcissist who's destroying you. So that just enables him. No, no, so all those things are wrong. And also these pastors will say, look, you." as I read the Bible, and it's incorrect, I've been to two seminaries. My dad thought that that was very important for my background, and I thought, boy, dad's right. They'll think there's no biblical reason for separation or divorce. That's not true. There are exceptions, and this is one. So the lady will be told, I'm sorry, yeah, he is a bad guy, but I, what can I tell you? You've made your bed, just hang in there. Because for the pastor like that, staying together is all that counts. Even if you're being destroyed, well, you're still married. That's not what God wants. This horrible, slow death. Everybody's destroyed. No, 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 no. So I want the pastors to realize, okay, you're doing it wrong. And I've had this experience in my career where I was doing something one way and I realized, uh-oh, this isn't biblical and it's not right. Maybe I was taught this in seminary. Uh-oh, no. And so you'd be man enough and woman enough to say, no, I'm going over here. I'm changing my mind. That's strong.
1: That's so good. Yeah. Is. And you know, I... I just love everything that you've been saying today, just these practical tips with biblical guidance, right? We want to really fully understand what scripture says about this. And I know that there's plenty of pastors that fully understand it. And sadly, there's some that, you know, give really um, distorted advice. And that's, that's too sad. But Dave, tell us, where can we find more information about you and your book, Enough is Enough?
0: I would simply go to my website. That's where everything Dave Clark related is. More than you'd ever want to know or probably should know about Dave Clark is all there. David E. Clark, Ph.D. Clark with an E on the end. We Clarks with the E, very important to us. PhD.com. all there. And they'll see, of course, and it's very important. You you, you mentioned that, Chrissy. This is very important, the biblical support for what I'm suggesting. I wouldn't recommend anything that isn't solidly rooted in the Bible. And this is, we have clear teaching and we have examples. God is saying, Get out. And I want you out. So, yeah, all right. it's all there on the website. That's good. That's
1: good. Mindy, do you have Thank any you. other questions for Dave? Dave,
2: no. It's, this has been a great conversation. And I feel, closing out, I feel that there's it's hopeful, actually, that, you know, when the victim's got some tools and awareness and a strategy, that's what you're about, and just a blunt confrontation of truth. It feels like there's hope on the other side and that's the best news of all
0: oh there absolutely is i'll tell these ladies this i know this works for you and your children no question empowers you protects you builds you back opens up your life but at the same time and this is biblical we give the abuser a golden opportunity probably his last to actually change repent and and win you back okay that that's what god wants we give him a shot because god's got grace uh, there, there's a limit to it in, in this situation, but you know what? Let's give them a shot. Yeah, there's hope.
1: Thank you so much, Dave, for joining us. Can we, can we close out with just a short little prayer? Dave, can you just pray over all of the women who are just entangled in abusive relationships and also pray for their abusers as well?
0: Yeah, I'd love to. Dear Father, uh, I'm praying for all those listening uh, to this podcast Those that are abused first, that they would realize, you know what, I am being abused. And it's destroying me and my kids. And I need, I need a strategy to get out. And they'd seize this time, Father, and you'd impress upon them the importance of it. And you'd protect them and their kids, and you would open up their lives, and you'd protect them as they prepare to leave. And Father, for the abusers, there'll be abusers who will be listening too. Uh, Many won't be, of course, but for this group of people, Father, what we want, all of us are sinners. All of us have the opportunity to repent and break and change, and that's what we want. Father, we're trusting you with this that many marriages would be saved, that ladies would leave, but at the same time, the abuser would realize, what, what have I done? I've got to change. I need to, to get myself fixed so I can win back my wife. That, that, that's the scenario we want. We're trusting you, Father. And all of us that are involved in helping. Doesn't have pastors, church leaders, friends, neighbors, co-workers. If we'd have the guts to step forward, to know that abuse is abuse, to call it out, and to come alongside of these ladies and men that need to get out, Father, give us the courage to do that. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Well, thanks, ladies. Thank you. And Mindy, always a pleasure. I hope um, Dave and Scott don't mind us taking over once again and come back and have some fun. That's great.
2: But
0: this was great. I'm not sure if this was designed, but to have, particularly to have ladies do this topic. Uh, is ideal, uh, I think. Who needs the guys? Uh, forget those guys. They're fired. You, you, this is because ladies will resonate with ladies. It's good.
2: <laughs> thank right. you, Dave. That was great.
0: Oh, thank yeah. you so much.
2: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Influencers Podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. If you enjoy our content, we would love for you to subscribe and have the opportunity to tune in to future podcasts. You can follow us on all social media platforms at The Influencers Podcast Official. You can stay up to date, hear more inspiring content, and unlock your full potential as an influencer. Remember to use your influence to create lasting change that draws the world closer to Jesus.